Hello, welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. I'm your host, Sarah Bueno. Today, I am excited. I feel like I always say I'm excited, and I kind of am always excited. Anyone who knows me and who exchanges emails or texts with me can tell you that I pretty much use an exclamation point at the end of every sentence, and I actually mean it. I think. I'm pretty sure I'm not just exaggerating, though I am on the histrionic scale, let's be honest. Anyway, so I'm excited to share with you my interview with Dana Sacker today. She is a physical therapist and her practice is called Flourish Physical Therapy. She's been a physical therapist for over 20 years now and specializes in women's health and fertility. And We didn't really talk very much about women's health and fertility. We talked a lot about spirituality and meditation and the body's kind of innate capacity to heal itself. So I'm really happy to share this interview with Dana Sacker. Please enjoy. Hi, Dana. Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. How are you? I'm good, Sarah. How are you? Doing all right. It's a Monday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Right? Happy Monday. Thank you. You too. Happy Monday. I had a flat tire this morning. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, I was driving to the gym and I'm like, my car sounds weird. What's going on? And the the little light was on and I'm like, oh, maybe I just have to fill my tires. And when I got to the gym, nope, completely flat. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. That is not a good way to start a Monday and the week. You know, it's funny, though. I was reflecting because I texted my husband. I'm like, what do I do? And he's like, oh, there's a tire place that's open right across the street. You can just go there. And I was reflecting how calm I was about it. Whereas in an earlier time in my life, I would have been freaking out. I would have, you know, canceled all my morning plans. And, you know, I would have just had a fit about it. But I was like, all right, cool. Let's just get the tire fixed. (laughs) La-di-da. So I guess that shows the work I've done with my anxiety. Yeah, good for you. Thanks. Yeah, patting myself on the back. So I would love for you to introduce yourself to our guests and and let us know who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, my name is Dana Sacker, and I'm a physical therapist. I've been a BT for 20 years now. Time sure flies. Mm. But I started my own practice, Flourish Physical Therapy, about four years ago, specializing in women's health and fertility. And that's truly what I am passionate about. But it took me a good while to to get to that place. I started out in outpatient orthopedics and Hmm. after a while got burnt out in that pretty quickly. It actually developed into a chronic condition, so I needed to listen to my body and get myself healed. And in that process, that really opened me up for some deeper work and change the trajectory of how I practice. So it ended up being truly a blessing. And so that got me started with doing craniosacral therapy, which has a lot to do with energy work and tapping into the body's own capabilities of healing. And then, you know, just going down that rabbit hole further, 
I got in touch with more therapies that deal with, you know, body work and energy healing, like zero balancing, Mm -hmm. which is working on balancing energy within the body and structure, Zen Shiatsu, which is a Japanese form of pressure therapy using meridians throughout the body, and then lymphatic work, which I love as well. Mm. So... I've just been an avid learner pretty much all my life. You know, once I got three of the frozen shoulder um, and the traditional therapies were not working for me at all, I really needed to listen to my body. And what I find that the mental, emotional part of myself is out of alignment it always manifests in a physical form. And it's usually like in a sudden, abrupt, loud way. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, it's getting me to listen, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'd love to hear a little bit more details about what happened. So you, you got frozen shoulder, which sounds awful, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> like how, what? Tell me more about that. It was all manifested through stress. I was practicing physical therapy in an outpatient orthopedic center and then also doing management. I had been Mm. doing management for many years, was always told, oh, you're so good at it. But deep down, I hated it, but I kept doing it. And I just didn't listen to my true self. And I love patient care, but I just, you know, all of the dynamics with managing staff and just everything, it really was getting to me. So I was, you know, having that neck pain, shoulder tension, all of that, and just, you know, wasn't listening to my body and literally woke up one day and I could not move my right arm. (gasps) Terror. Yeah. And I didn't fit the, you know, typical mold for frozen shoulder. It usually affects women. It's usually in their 40s, 50s. And I was in my late 20s. And oh, wow. Yeah. It was just my body's way of moving me out of that situation. Because literally, you know, I couldn't practice physical therapy anymore. And then my boss was, well, you can still do management. You know, we'll sit you here at the computer and this and that. Well, if my body was upright, just the force of gravity pushing down on me was like an eight out of 10 pain. And then that would intensify as the hours went on in the day. So it was literally my body's way of saying, no, you aren't going to do this. So I was at work for a year and I was doing all of the traditional therapies and nothing was helping at all. And I was going to like Rehab Institute of Chicago, mm-hmm. but fortunately I fell into the hands of a physical therapist who specializes in craniosacral therapy. And that really works on releasing soft tissue restrictions throughout the body that surround the central nervous system. And Mm. my nervous system was just so amped up that we couldn't get the part of the body, the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and repair to get working again. So... Is it rest and digest? Absolutely. Uh And once I started feeling relief... I started feeling hopeful again. I mean, I went, I started to get really depressed and thinking like, gosh, am I ever going to be able to work again? Because I I truly loved helping others. But when I couldn't help myself, I was starting to lose hope. 
And I'm just so thankful to this therapist. She continues to be a mentor for me and just really awakens my own ability to heal. And I wanted to just go and learn how to do this myself and help others. I had no idea if I was going to be able to pick up on it because you have to be have a real good sense through your fingers, through your whole body, you know, and mm. I just didn't know if I was going to be able to feel it. But then, you know, once I was and it was, you know, of course, with more practice, the better you get at anything. So just sustaining yourself and having that confidence that you can do it, you know, whatever you set your mind to. So yeah, it, it was truly was a blessing. And it really got me on the path of how I wanted to practice physical therapy. Because when I was thinking of career-wise, you know, what I wanted to be, I knew I wanted to be something involved with healthcare, but I wasn't quite sure what. And I was thinking, well, maybe I'll be a doctor, maybe I will be an ob I love babies, this and that. But I knew in my heart of hearts that I wanted to be a mom too. And yeah. I thought, that, gosh, you know, if I was a doctor, you know, more than likely, I'd be working full time and just not being able to balance that family life and work life. And so I ended up choosing physical therapy because I really love the relationships, spending time with patients. I felt that physical therapy was going to you know, really fill me up in that sense. But, you know, doing like the outpatient orthopedics and exercise and just all of it, it didn't really light me up like the mm -hmm. work that I do now lights me up. So I initially knew that I, you know, was starting off on somewhat of the right path, but it still didn't feel fully true to myself, if, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a process. And, you know, I'm now 42. And I can really say that I've like finally gotten into the groove of like how I want to practice and help others. And I, I really feel fortunate to have arrived at that place. It's been a balancing act for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it has happened overnight. It's been 20 years in the making. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because, you know, mentioning that you're 42, I'm 39 and I feel like I in the past couple years really have just started to hit my stride and what I'm doing. And I wonder how much of it is just kind of the process of life that it kind of takes, you know, 30 something years for you to figure out your own self well enough to know the choices to make to be on your path. I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I feel like. I've just tapped into my own, you know, spiritual self more in the past four to five years, I want to say. I've just had this kind of burning desire, everything to do with spirituality and just trying to grow that way. And that's been really powerful for me. And I think that's something that gets lost in, in many people. And I think it's really a priority to really tap into one's spiritual growth. And, you know, our career can be a vehicle for that. Yeah, Our family can be a vehicle for that. 
friends, you know, all of that. And that's really the best way to just be true to yourself. It's really like our our purpose in being here in life, yeah. right? It's to grow spiritually. I think so. So, yeah. I mean, and and then everything else kind of falls into place. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel the exact same way. I mean, since I started my practice, the way I describe it is it just feels like the red carpet has rolled out in front of me and all of these opportunities continue to present themselves. And that's not to say that it's been easy, but I've been able to learn the difference between something being hard because it just takes effort versus something being hard because it's not the right fit. Right, right. And that, I think, takes a spiritual connection in order to have that awareness. Yes. Yeah. You know, when you really are on your spirit's, you know, true purpose, I think things just line up for you. You know, the universe mm-hmm. just is more in alignment for you. And you're just on a certain vibrational frequency. And things flow that much better rather than being that, like, salmon swimming stream, right? Yeah. <laughs> And it's funny because I'm sure that you probably have a similar experience. I watch a lot of my clients trying to swim upstream and Mm -hmm. I find that, you know, my role is to be that person on the shore and be like, hey, guess what? You can go a different way if you want to. I know you don't think that you can, but you have choices. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a lot about, you know, awareness and letting go. I, I find that a lot with clients, especially you know, my fertility clients, you know, bless their hearts. That's a real tough struggle when all you want is a child and, you know, you just get so laser focused. But oftentimes in that, you know, being laser focused, you forget about everything else going on in your life. And then that ends up really blocking the ability to conceive. So yeah, it's, it's a very holistic approach that you have to take and anyone's path to healing, really. I mean, if you're just looking at only the physical, I I think you're only going to get so far or maybe you will accomplish those goals, but then something else is going to creep up and your body is going to talk to you in a different way. And it's going to invest in some different symptoms and probably be louder the next time, right? Oh my God, right? (laughs) That's why I I told you before we started recording that I just got an official diagnosis of adrenal fatigue and I'm like trying to figure out, okay, what is it that I need to do to slow down? Because I don't want to end up really hurting myself, you know, because I feel like adrenal fatigue is like, it's a real thing, but I can still live my life and I could totally push through if I wanted to, but I'm trying to figure out how to not do that so it doesn't get worse because I watched my mom literally not by suicide, but kill herself by not taking care of herself. And she had all of the surgeries one could have and all the organs taken out one could have and ended up dying of cancer at 62. And well, I truly believe that she didn't take care of herself emotionally and she tried spiritually and it just, it manifested in disease, like just like you're saying. And it just kept getting louder and louder and louder until it killed her. Yeah. And it's just so unfortunate to watch people hurt themselves that way because they can't let go of whatever it is they think that they're supposed to do or be. Absolutely. And I think it's really hard 
especially for women, because, you know, we have to make it look like we've got it all together and we're just balancing everything with regards to work and family and being a wife and, you know, for some being a mother and Mm -hmm. it's just a lot. And oftentimes the woman is not taking care of herself because she's busy taking care of everybody else. Mm -hmm. Yep. So... And I think it's hard, you know, in the sense with regards to your condition of the adrenal fatigue, you know, looking at you, no one would be able to tell, right? Right. right. Like on the inside, you know that like, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm struggling. I don't feel my like best health and, but it's not like you have your arm in a sling and everyone's Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, you know, she's sure her arm is broken and, you know, let's take it easy. Yeah. It's just, it's a different animal. For sure. And similar with mental illness, you know, people, people with depression and anxiety can sure fake it at work or, you know, in social situations and, you know, be really struggling once they get home and nobody would know unless you speak up. And I guess I say that to remind people the importance of asking for help. Right. Because it can just be so isolating if you don't. Mm -hmm. And asking for help is not a sign of weakness. Amen. Right. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'd love to shift into, you know, a little bit more specific talk about the healing aspect of what you do. So we well, I I guess we can talk about how we met. We met because we work in the same building Mm -hmm. and it took me three years, but I, I finally reached out to some other healthcare providers in the building. And you were the first person who wrote me back and we got to sit down together and it was just clear we were totally vibing on the same wavelength. And so once I found out that one of the things you specialize in was fertility, I was like, oh, I've got people for you. (laughs) (laughs) And I referred someone that I know and and I asked her, you know, after she'd seen you a little bit, how it was going. And she goes, oh, my God, Dana is such a healer. And I was like, ding, okay, Dana's going to have to be on the podcast. (laughs) So I'd love your take on on how you feel about the word healer being applied to you. Well, I mean, it's it's very humbling to to say the least. I guess I think of myself more as a facilitator because I really think that my patients, once you know they're on the table and whatnot, they're the ones that are really doing the work, and I am not there to you know like I'm healing you, you know, I'm just kind of tapping into their ability to heal. And that is very empowering for a person. So I'm just kind of like the person who's turning the light switch on and kickstarting the process, if you will. And in turn, I myself continue to heal, you know, when my when my patient so, and I think it's important to kind of keep that separate. And because if I am so focused on, oh, I have to heal this person, right. I think it actually can be very limiting. And only the universe knows like what the, the possibilities are. So I just kind of really think of myself as a vessel. And I always ask prior to like start work, I have my whole little kind of clearing process with my body and my room and just, you know, asking, you know, my spirit guides and whatnot to just guide me and help me serve as best I can. And I really feel like there's this higher power that literally like moves through me and 
it just allows the work to take place and however it's going to be for for that day for that person each session is just very different you know there isn't a particular cookie cutter recipe no I mean it's just whatever is going to show up and you can have an idea of what you think you want to accomplish and it can just do something totally different and it can be incredibly powerful and you know it's just it fills me up to know that my patients are feeling good when they leave and they feel like they're on their path to heal so I mean I wouldn't say that that I'm a healer per se by any means I just feel like I'm helping you know start that process and will facilitate it in any way that I can so yeah and it strikes me so loudly every time I do one of these interviews the way that you answered is is the way everybody answers except one person one person was like I am a healer and she was able to take that on and she and I were talking about whether because it's 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 humility right and I think that's a good place for someone who is is in a healing profession to have that humility But at the same time, I wonder if it's socialization or other things that prevent us from from stepping into the ownership of being able to say I'm a healer while knowing that it's because I'm a conduit. It's because I'm a vessel, because it's so funny that, you know, my friend can say that about you, that you're a healer. And I do the same thing, too. Right. If somebody called me a healer, I'd be like, oh, he thanks, but I'm just a vessel, (laughs) you know. And that feels like gender socialization to me so much. But I don't think, you know, I don't think that there's a right way to necessarily answer that question. But I feel like I'm kind of cultivating a little bit of research here as I do these interviews and and just hearing the way people answer that question. Sure. And shifting into the, the wounded healer aspect, I mean, you certainly talked about your own journey into doing a lot of this work, but I'm not sure if you have anything specific to say around that term itself, wounded healer. Yeah, you know, I think... In some sense, we all have our wounds in our life. I mean, that's kind of part of our our story, right? So I would say that especially like this year for me, it's really opened up, you know, like self-suffering that has Mm. gone on with myself. And I think a lot of my patients that have shown up like in in my practice are, you know, kind of windows for that, you know, um, you know, that like, oh, yeah, you know, they're they're dealing with that, too. And this is showing up for me. And I, and I need to take a real look at that, because that's not my purpose. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I don't need to carry this anymore. And that for me, that shows up as irritable bowel syndrome. So I have Mm, IBS. mm -hmm. And my father is terminally ill. And he was in inpatient hospice in October. And we were told this is going to be a very fast process. And, you know, we'll be lucky if he lasts till November. Wow. And he is still alive, bless his heart. He's just this medical marvel. But they live in Hawaii. And so I flew out to Hawaii like twice within six weeks last year, like in October. And literally the moment I arrived at Hawaii, the IBS was just like through the oh, roof. Wow. And it's still, I mean, the flare, it has been such a process and to the point where I was like, whoa, I am going to need to see 
they cut back my caseload because I'm running yeah. to the bathroom, feel terrible. And, you know, I'm feeling the things in my patient's body and it's manifesting in my gut and oh, I wow. can't handle this. You know, so a lot of it, you know, I just had to like dig deep again and a lot of like wounds with family and whatnot and things mm -hmm. that I've been carrying for many years and this self-suffering and then the whole healing process of putting these conditions on the healing and being like, oh, well, mm. if I could have just this or if, you know, and it's just like, no, I don't need to make my healing conditional. The question with the wounded healer, yes, I mean, there's definitely wounds that need healing. And I think, you know, every day that I do work, those wounds heal a little bit more because my patients are mirroring to me what needs to be healed within me as well. Yeah. And you said, you know, specifically this year, and I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of it is because of what your dad is going through and your role mm -hmm. in that. But I, I feel like there's a collective shift happening right now. And I don't, I, I don't know enough about astrology. My therapist knows all the astrology. So I just always go into her and I'm like, okay, what's happening right now? Because shit is fucked up. So tell me, that, tell me that it makes sense astrologically. But do you feel that too, that there's some shift happening and an awakening and just that there's, there's a, a palpable energy right now that feels different? Oh, I 100% agree. I mean, there's been a lot of darkness this past year, but it's also really important to, you know, look for the light. And, you know, there definitely are more light healers, you know, kind of yeah. coming into awareness. And it's going to take time, though. I mean, I think that it's of this, like, magnitude. But, you know, I just... Like with regards to the Me Too movement and whatnot, yeah. I mean, how powerful. I mean, because that had been going on years and years and years. And finally, it's like enough is enough. We're not going to take this anymore. Yeah. So there's definitely a shift. And I think in the end, it's going to be a positive one, but it's certainly a process. Yeah. I want to circle back to spirituality because the way you were talking about that, I think was so lovely. And I, I'm just curious if you, if you wouldn't mind sharing what your spirituality looks like. And when you say, you know, you've deepened your spiritual connection, what does that mean for you? Cause when I think of religion, I think of a dogma and that's usually pretty like unilateral. It's the same, you know, we have the same belief system, but spirituality seems to run the gamut. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your own? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm religious in any way. I was raised Catholic, and there was just a lot of guilt and all that around religion. It just wasn't for me. I think there's just a common thread with all religions, and that yes. is, you know, love of one another. I don't think that, you know, one religion can have like a monopoly on God, but I, I would say that I'm definitely more spiritual, and so my spirituality really comes from a place within. The way I got tapped into it was through meditation. Yes, woo! Like the most powerful connection to source, really. Yeah. And it is, it is a huge part of who I am. I try my best to start my day with a meditation. I call it like a spiritual shower. 
Oh, I love that. Oh, I love it. But, you know, if I don't get it in first thing in the morning, then I'll I'll try to do it, you know, before dinner time, something like that. And there's days where I don't get it in because I really set aside like 30 minutes to mm-hmm. do it. And it really is energizing for me. It's it's very cleansing. I absolutely have to do it on my days when I'm seeing patients. It it makes me that much better of a therapist and, and a person. When I'm coming from a place of clarity and wholeness, I, I feel like I'm able to just tap into source and, you know, just let whatever healing needs to happen with myself and and others. So that's really my form of spirituality is, is really through my meditation, because that's where I connect to my, you know, deepest self. I have had some experiences on the table with zero balancing being done to me by one of my most Oh, favorite, favorite people on this earth. I always say to my husband, if I'm like on my deathbed and her name is Mary Murphy, I'm like, if Mary Murphy is still around, you need to call her because <laughs> I I want her working on me. She's taken oh. me to, you know, that higher place a couple of times. And it is truly powerful. It really is powerful because it has tapped me so deeply into my soul that there is no fear in Mm. dying. I love it. You just feel this sense of timelessness, this sense of expansion. It is just like, so amazing. I'm not saying I want to rush and leave this plane anytime soon because I love my family and I feel like I have, you know, more, you know, work to be done here. But I, I truly trust and I have this deep sense of knowing that it's just to transition is, is going to be going to be okay. I just, you know, I I hope it's not long drawn out you know right. any kind of ag- I think that's what none of us want so but yeah I've truly tapped into my soul on on the table sometimes so that's really cool yeah <laughs> I I interviewed a woman named Sarah Wolfman on the podcast earlier and she she's a somatic healer and she practices all <laughs> sorts of things but zero balancing is one of the things that she does and we session one day and I was working through this kind of physical trauma situation and she was asking me to like visualize, you know, visualize things. And I visualized a field and she's like, okay, tell me about the field. Is there a fence or whatever? I'm like, yeah, there's a fence. And she's like, what side are you on? What side is your husband? You know, all these things. And she's like, well, because and my husband like wasn't even there or whatever. And then she said, okay, what's on the other side of the fence? And I said, a, a donkey. And we were talking about the donkey like coming closer. And I was like petting its little nose and being really sweet to it. And it was so soft. And then after we had done the visualization, she's like, oh my God, in zero balancing, they called the body the donkey. And she's like, I had to contain myself. I didn't want to squeal when you said donkey, but it was just like a really interesting experience that I clearly inherently knew that <laughs> my body yeah. was the donkey. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. When you were saying donkey, I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's why I thought it was so funny. And you know, yes. The the relief from the fear of death, I think, 
you know, when my when my parents passed away, they both passed away in the same year, about nine months apart. And in my search for, you know, how to how to reconcile with that, how to manage that, I did a lot of inquiry into the afterlife and I read this book and the book is terrible as far as like the way that it's written, but it's called The Afterlife of Billy Fingers. It's like just poor writing, but the message made me feel like it's going to be okay when you die because the premise is a, a woman loses her brother and the brother comes back and tells her all about the afterlife. And it was sounded so awesome. I was like, I don't care if this shit is real. I'm going to believe it because that makes me feel good. And that did kind of alleviate that like fear of what happened to them. Where are they? Are they okay? Yeah, I totally am on board with that. Do you ever get little inklings of your mom or dad, you know, watching over you or any like signs that uh, they're <laughs> yeah. still around? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think like which story to tell. I think the, the coolest thing that ever happened, and I will never forget this. I was driving to the grocery store and I was listening to NPR and there was a story about synchronicity. And I just had the thought to myself like, oh, I haven't gotten any messages in a while. That's really interesting. Whatever. Do to do. Go to the grocery store. You know, you do your thing. You pick things out. You put things back. And I get up to the checkout. And when the cashier rang everything up, she said, your total is 111.47, which is my dad's birthday. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. Oh. Chills. Right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, she, you know, she could have said $111.47, but she yeah. didn't say that. She said $111.47, and I just started crying. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've gone to a bunch of psychics, and my dad shows up every time. And it's, it's interesting because when he was alive, you know, in my family, he was what we would call in my field is the identified patient, the person who outwardly kind of acted out the most. And he was definitely on the narcissistic spectrum. And when he died and I went, I went to a psychic probably about six months after he died, she said he lived in so much fear. And that made a lot of sense because it manifested as anger and narcissism. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so it's been interesting that after they died, I've been able to have a better connection with both of them than I did when they were alive. That's lovely, really. Yeah. And spirituality and meditation is responsible for that, I think, you know? 100%. You know, I, I really talk to my patients and my family, my friends about the powers of meditation. And, you know, oftentimes yes. we're like, oh, I just can't do it. You know, I just can't shut my brain off and this and that. And just look, that's all part of the process, you know, exactly. It's your brain trying to distract you from what really needs to happen. You know, just go with it. Just let those thoughts flow in and out. And, you know, it's totally normal. Right. Every time I do groups and, you know, I will share that I have a meditation practice. That's the exact thing that people say, like, I can't meditate. And so I talk a lot about what meditation is and what it isn't because people have this notion that you're supposed to be able to sit there and clear your mind for 20 to 30 minutes. And that is just not reality. <laughs> right. right, right. Yeah. How did you, sure. how did you stumble upon meditation for yourself? I just, I felt that my body needed it. Mm. Uh, I started doing the ones, the guided meditations with Deepak. I love Deepak. Oh, yeah. He started a challenge today. Oh, uh, yes. The the weight loss one, right. like shedding the weight, right. but on many levels. Right? On many levels. Uh, exactly. Not, not physically only. Right. Yes. But, you know, whole IBS 
flare this, you know, past year has caused me to delve like deeper. And so I started taking, it was an online course, a six week course with this Mm. master who's traveled, you know, throughout the world and India and whatnot, and really taught me more about mantra based meditation and taught me the proper way to meditate because I was meditating before lying down and Mm. do it sitting and and whatnot and in certain times of the day and then also attaching sutras to the end of the meditation and the sutras take you to just a very deep place within so she literally like seated the sutras within us And then we as students are just supposed to keep practicing them and you just kind of repeat them silently in your brain. Mm. It just becomes like a a part of you and it just really taps into a deeper sense of yourself is the the best way I can explain it. And it's really put me on a a level of vibration that I wasn't before and just put me an alignment of, of my purpose. And, you know, certain people are just, you know, calling me to have work done that I think like ha- would not have happened if I if I wouldn't have done this like deeper work on myself, because right. I wasn't ready for it. Right. You know, well, I want to be mindful of your time. So we should start winding up. But I'm guessing that the people that are listening to this might be potentially interested in in learning more about you and, and potentially working with you. So first of all, what what populations do you really like to work with? Who are the people that that should see you? And I know for PT, sometimes people need a referral, but you you don't accept insurance, right? So is there any barrier for people to just call you up and be like, hey, Dana, I want to work together? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just a matter of if we are a good fit or not. So yes, I do not accept insurance anymore, but I feel that my rates are at a fair place because I don't want it to be such that people can't receive good work. And I certainly get, you know, wanting to utilize insurance. I had just gotten to a place where it was no longer healthy for me because it's very restrictive and it was manifesting with like migraines at least three times a week with me and it was really affecting my work. So I, yeah. I, I had to listen to myself and, and not do that anymore. So no, it's just a matter, most of my patients are just all word of mouth. They'll start telling other people the results that they got and, and then people find me that way or they just you know search online and they find my website so i'm happy to help any you know woman in need who is suffering from pelvic pain any endometriosis and menstrual issues uh, digestive issues bowel and bladder issues chronic pain where they just feel like there's just traditional therapy just is not working for them. They've went Mm -hmm. and seen other physical therapists and they just have only gotten so far. I'm typically the person to see, or if I feel like I can't be of service, then I will of course refer them to someone who I think can, you know, I've never had someone that I didn't feel like I could help or like put into in the hands of someone who could. So fertility clients, those are, I would say, 60 to 70% of my practice right now is helping women with fertility issues. So yeah, I I love the work. I love helping women just empower them to 
to be their best sense of self, truly, whether that is reaching their goal of a healthy pregnancy or just, you Mm -hmm. know, living their life without pain anymore. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. This was amazing. Thank you, Sarah. I loved chatting with you this morning. Thanks so much to my guest, Dana Sacker. Really appreciated her time today. Dana truly, truly is a healer. And if you'd like more information about her, you can find it on our website. You can find us at bit.ly slash wounded healer. That's bit.ly slash wounded healer. You can also find Conversations with a Wounded Healer on Facebook and Twitter, as well as my practice, Head Heart Therapy. You can also just check out Head Heart Therapy's page at headhearttherapy.com. Thanks to Andrea Klunder and Edwin Ruiz at the Creative Imposter Studios for editing. As always, thanks Liam for that great photo for the album art and Ben Mueller for our theme music. Thanks again for tuning in. Next time. Bye-bye.